Well, I, said, I saw something yesterday. I absolutely love Facebook, I think I've discovered, because it's so, it is full of amazing facts. Facts. Because if it's on there, it must be a fact. So I saw a fact that absolutely really motivated me. It, it, it said this. I'm not sure if I can say it exactly, but you'll get the gist of it. It says, the pain that women feel at childbirth... <laughs> ..is so they understand what a man goes through when he has a fever. I, I saw it, see? Peter Whitaker knows. He's got a tribe full of kids, he knows. All right, let's just bow our heads and pray for a minute. Lord Jesus, we just pray today for the Spirit of God to speak into each of our hearts, Lord, to speak into your church to speak into your people, Lord, because we want to be the people who are on the cutting edge of what you want to do here in this city. And Lord, I just thank you so much for the grace and the goodness of God upon us. So speak to us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It's also good to welcome Leon, and I forgot his wife's name from Toowoomba. Am I right there? I remember that much. Let's give them a welcome there, visiting us today. So last week, if you were here, I looked at briefly at growing a better church. And of course, and I'll tell you what, I felt so awkward and so, um, so inept last week because, as you know, I lost all my, all my notes that I've been planning for, for weeks and weeks and weeks and suddenly on Saturday night, <laughs> pressed the wrong thing and it was all gone. But uh, I want to follow on from that. Um, we touched on our vision last week as a church, so perhaps if you want to help me here. Our vision is to be a large, relevant church of mature believers who love our community. Look at that. Some people know it. That's good. And that's important to know that we have a vision. Um, as important as vision is a Holy Spirit-inspired culture. And, and actually, I didn't really understand some of these things until I actually came here to be the pastor, is the, the, the really important factor that culture plays in allowing a vision to survive. Because without a good culture, it will kill the vision. And so um, it took the first three years of, of me being here uh, to uh, develop culture or to get the culture uh, happening. It's still, it's still you know, in progress. But then it wasn't until uh, my fourth year that we started to see the vision and that was clarified. But building into One Heart Church is a culture that I hope is the best part of your life. Yeah. Because I want that culture to be so electric, so magnifying, so, so uh, incredibly good to be part of that you think, I just can't wait to be back in church. Yeah. That's, that's the desire that I have for the culture uh, to bring to us. But culture is the soil, or if you want to be really, really, you know, great about it, it's, it's the medium in which the vision grows. It, it, the vision will either grow in that or it will be killed in that. So it's really, really important that we understand, get on board with the culture of the church. Because if we don't have the right culture, it will kill every vision. So um, today I want to be speaking on creating a personal culture to grow. 
So while we want to have a corporate culture, it's also really, really important that we have a personal culture within our life that causes us to grow spiritually into the things of God. So there are two things that I want to show you to start with. Uh, two things that we have regular appointments with in life. So we have these appointments, whether we want them or not, whether we look for them or not, these appointments come. Number one is the way of God. And every day, I believe, there's an appointment that comes where the Holy Spirit, Jesus, God, the, all of them come into your life and, and have a way that you should behave, live, pursue, go after, whatever. There's the way of God. And there's the, the second one is our way. And we, we always have these appointments come knocking at our door all the time. So the way of God... We could phrase that uh, as the call of God. And every day we have an opportunity to respond to the call of God. It's not something that happened to us once upon a time or a long time ago or yesterday. We have an opportunity every day to respond to the call of God. The other option is our way. And whatever, you know, whatever that looks like for you, it's what life is like with no regard to God. So you think there is no God. I, I don't want to know God. I don't believe there is, there is a God. Um, or you might think a little bit of both of those things in your life. Let's face it, sometimes life is like that. The spiritual culture we live by will be determined by one or both of these factors. And so we need to, we need to make that decision solid and sure in our, in our spirit, in our heart, in our soul, in all three if we have to. Or if you go on a Bible college, you say there's not much difference between them. It doesn't matter. But every church has a culture. Some, uh, some of it is accidental. Uh, nobody planned it. It just came up. Some culture is purposeful, but it's not from God. We need to understand that. Every church, that perhaps if you've had a lot of church experiences, you'll see, well, there's culture in every church. And some culture was planned and put there. Other culture has just emerged. And, and what we have to realise is some of those cultures aren't from God. And we might be thinking, but, but everybody does this around here. But it doesn't mean that it's from God. It just means everybody's going the same direction and they're going the wrong way. What we all should be aiming toward is a culture birthed by revelation of the Holy Spirit that brings us all together in common strength that brings us all together with a purpose and a reason for why we do what we do. You actually grow when you give of yourself in context of where you fit and belong. I'll say that again. You actually grow when you give of yourself in context of where you fit and belong. So I want to give you our, uh, the, our one heart culture to find in eight words. Um, I'm not going to spend a great deal of time on this, but I always want to bring it back to the church and remind you of our vision and our culture. Every now and then, or sometimes I try and sneak it into every message, but uh, I haven't spoke on our culture for quite a while, but I think it's important that we are reminded of this because often what we do as a leadership team is when we're looking at what we're doing and how we do things, we say, well, how does that fit in our culture? And it's also going to be very important in our future as we look at... at um, uh, our performance 
indicators to how we're performing as a church is we can measure that according to our culture. And that's important that why we have all those things because it helps us to define whether we're moving forward, where we're going, where we feel God is leading or whether we're failing. So number one is informal. That means that we are relaxed and not religious. So that, that means that we can have communion right at the start if we feel like it. If we think there's a, there's a reason for that, we can do that. doesn't mean that, that uh, we, we can sing a fast song uh, at the end and, and a slow song at the start. That's being relaxed but not religious. So, uh, you know, some people might uh, um, interpret these things in all different ways. Informal doesn't mean that, that, we, that we wear board shorts and thongs to church. Um, that's another thing. The second thing is we're, we're inspired. We want to be a church that is inspired by the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. We want those two things working together so that we have a balanced, powerful, proper balance in our church. Um, third one is impacting. Basically, we need to be the people of God that, that make an impact on the world in which we live. There's always an impact between darkness and light, between light and darkness, and we need to be the church that is a light in the darkness that has an impact and a change and, and delivers something that the world can't get without us. It's having an impact. The fourth one is influential. The church should have influence in the world in which it is. The, the, the church should have influence in our community. So that's why whenever I have an opportunity that is before me to, to, to uh, be part of consultations, community um, things, I go because it's part of being an influence. And I want to encourage you, if, if you are part of this church and you have an opportunity to sit on a board, you have an opportunity to sit on an advisory council, take the opportunity because you are the salt and the light into that place. We need to be influential. The, the fifth one is investing. That means we want to invest our lives, our gifts and our finances into the kingdom of God, into what God wants to do in the world today and it comes about by what we invest into. We can spend our life on things and never get anything back. Once we spend it, it's gone. When we make an investment, we expect a return and when God puts an investment in you, he expects a return. So you've got, to, you've got to be saying, God, I want to be investing myself into your plan and your, your purpose for the world. Number six is imparting. That's passing on faith to new generations. That's not old generations passing to new. It's generations. That means that there's, there's people coming to Jesus who are 80, people coming to Jesus who are 15, people coming to Jesus who are five. But we're passing on a generational blessing into every age and type of person. Number seven is increasing. When we do all the others right, I think we ought to see an increase um, because healthy things grow. And, and we want to see that uh, uh, church growing and thriving in all things. And the last one, number eight, that came uh, last after all these others is inclusive. Uh, I've got a scripture for that one. Numbers 1515 um, talks about um, don't have don't have different scales in, in the nation of Israel for, for foreigners and all that. They all need to uh, live under the same rules in the house. But our values are found in our culture. Uh, we, we started the, these things off early on uh, in the uh, I don't know, first few years I was here and I hope that we can continue to work together and, and live out these cultures. But Jesus gives a very good description of culture um, as it affects growth. 
And the culture that you adopt in your own life will affect your growth spiritually. And I hope that we can grow on a, a, a process, a journey, a, a lifestyle of constantly growing. And when I think um, for anybody, if you think, well, I'm mature now and I've made it, then I think you're, you're on dangerous ground. I think it's also equally dangerous if you think, uh, if you think to yourself, well, I've stopped growing. That's an extremely dangerous place to be. So I want to encourage you today to never feel satisfied, never feel that you've arrived at the destination. We will arrive at that destination one day when Jesus comes back and blows a trumpet and we go to be with him. Then we can say we've arrived. But while we're here on earth, there's always a vision, a mission and a purpose for why we're here. So... Luke 8, verses 14 and 15. You can also see, you know, I'm, in, I'm not reading a whole story here, but Jesus tells a story that is relational to culture, and he says it's like a farmer who scattered seed. We're not going to go through the whole thing, just the last a couple of verses of this story. It says, The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly, the, messages, oh, sorry, the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. Everybody say that. It's underlined, never grow into maturity. Verse 15 says, And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest so creating a personal culture to grow so if you're taking notes you can take notes of some of these things because I want you to create a personal culture to grow because if you don't have that desire within yourself to grow to go somewhere to grow spiritually then a lot of what we do here in the church will be foreign and alien to you and you won't be able to appreciate it so I want you to appreciate and go with us on a journey of growth so we're all growing together. So Jesus throws seed into your life. So just picture that, however you think that looks. But Jesus throws seeds, God throws seeds into your life. Now if it grows or not depends on what it's landing on. So whether there's no doubt whether you know God, whether you believe there is a God or not, there is opportunities all the time where God is casting seed into your life. God is casting seed into your life. That's, that's something you need to know straight away. God is always putting out seed into you. Now, whether that seed grows or not is not up to God. It is up to what you're letting that seed fall on. So if you're letting that seed fall on a cold, hard heart, then it's probably not going to grow very much. But if you're letting that seed fall on an open heart, a fertile heart, a, 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 I don't know, a generous heart to the things of God, then you're going to see that seed do something. It's going to grow. It's going to have a harvest back. So when Jesus speaks about growing into maturity, we identify a few pointers in Luke chapter 8.15. And what I want us to look at is what good soil looks like. So I think there's five keys that we're going to see. So it won't take us very long. Then we can have coffee. 
Number one is honest. We saw there that that word honest came up in Luke chapter 8. No pretense, no mask, no makeup, no cover ups. This is not a doctrine for ladies not to wear makeup, it's a spiritual thing. Psalm 101, verse 2, uh, the second little part of it says, I will lead a life of integrity in my own home. I mentioned this last week. But you know, when, when we think of that word integrity and in our own home, it means that it's who we are when no one else is looking, but it's also important to be who we are when everyone else is looking, when everyone is looking. So Jesus is, pardon me, is more than just another philosopher. He's more than just another wise man. He is God in human form. Born of a virgin, a miraculous birth. He lived as a person, uh, died being crucified, paying the penalty of sin for everyone. He rose again from the dead having, uh, having defeated death and now has all authority. That's Jesus. That's who we believe in. And we gain our salvation in Jesus because of all those things about him. So there's no need for games and masks. So we might think, oh, I'm going to impress people. I'm going to pretend. I'm going to put on a mask and show them my spirituality. You know, there's, there's, no, there's no need for that. We need to have an honesty about where we're at. One of the most unhelpful uh, bits of advice I've ever had as a minister was don't let anybody know what's really happening in your home. Dumb. We need to be honest with each other. So if there's problems in your marriage, it, th there's a problem there. You can say, you don't tell everybody. That's, that's unwise. But you need to be honest with those who are going to help lift you beyond that. If you have problems with your marriage, you know, oh, not, it's all right, Janine. But don't go to the mechanic. It's just a metaphor. Don't go to the mechanic for advice. Unless it's John and Janine. They'll help you a lot. With, they'll fix the car as well. But you know what I'm saying? You, you, go to, you go to people who have a spiritual uh, mantle. Oh, we're getting deep here. A spiritual mantle on their life that can help you get out of where you've been caught. Note this. Repressed feelings or cover-ups always cause problems because we never bury emotions dead we bury them alive. So be honest with Jesus about you. Because sometimes we, we, we make the mistake of, of looking around and saying, Jesus, I'm glad I'm not like Jimmy. <laughs> be honest with Jesus about you. So, you know, we... We you know, may not feel comfortable to tell everybody about what we're going through emotionally and, and all those sorts of things, but you can always tell Jesus. You can always tell Jesus. And we need, to, we need to build that relationship with God that we know, hey, God knows me, he sees me. And so we can't actually cover up to God. It's all exposed when we, when we bring it to him. The second, the second thing I want us to see today in creating a personal culture to grow is being good-hearted. Good-hearted. It's about being nice. Uh, do nice things 
Because you are nice. The type of person who thinks kindness. And you know, one, one of the big things that, that you know, isn't nice is when someone does something and you think, wow, that was nice, but then you keep hearing about it all the time. Or, or they keep saying, but what about the time? And you know, now, now there's, there's a payback time. We, we call that having strings attached. And sometimes relationships can be like that. Friendships can be like that. And we, we need to be people who aren't like that. We need to be saying, I'm being nice just because I'm nice. And that, that can threaten some people. You know, I, I know there's times where you can go and see someone and think, hey, I'd like to, to bless you. And, and they're like, things are working overtime in their brain, thinking, oh no, but if I accept this, then what's that mean? I, I know... I know they've got an old, you know, an old wreck of a lawnmower. They're probably going to ask me to come and fix. Or you think strange think, things. Psalm 101 verse 3. It says, I hate all who deal crookedly. I will have nothing to do with them. And verse 6 says, I will search for faithful people to be my companions. I mentioned that last week as well. But not only do we need those that motivate us by their friendships we also have to decide to lift others spiritually. That, uh, and that happens when you're being fueled up in God. And it's a natural expression of what God's doing in you will flow out into encouraging other people. Be fueled up in God. See, good-hearted thinks of the good in other people. We need to have a good heart. And uh, when our heart is filled with the Holy Spirit, I believe it, it creates a goodness in us that can flow out, that we can be a blessing, that we can be uh, kind and thoughtful and all those things that every husband needs to be reminded of. But creating a personal culture to grow, number three. You've got to hear God's word. It's really important that we hear God's word. One of the things that Jesus said a lot, I haven't got the references here, but Jesus said a lot uh, about um, he who has ears, let him hear. He said that all the time. He never said, he who has eyes, let him see. Because we can, it's funny because we can close our eyes anytime and not see. We can choose not to see. And sometimes we have these, these like, uh, uh, statements where we say, oh, I'll pretend I didn't see that. But you know something? We can't turn off our hearing. We even hear in our sleep. It's a pretty amazing sense that we have. But Jesus made a point to say, you've got to keep hearing. Because sometimes we can be hearing but not listening. And the Holy Spirit wants us to hear what he's saying through God's word. So give yourself opportunity to be where God's word is preached. I'm talking about church. Um, we've got to protect and respect the house of God, because it is the place where you hear God's word, where it can lift you and motivate you and encourage you and heal you and, and bring strength to you. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing God's word. So we need to be hearing the word. You've got to hear God's word. Do all you can to position yourself to, be, to hear the word of God. Hearing the word builds faith and faith produces growth. So 
there's lots of other ways in which we can implement in our life how to hear God's word. I want to encourage every single person here today that you need to discipline yourself in the, in the time you spend in the word of God personally. It's one of the, the most important ways to grow is to give yourself time where you're in the Word of God, where you have a Bible, where you're reading it, where you're hearing. And you know, sometimes it might be like, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's just like reading a newspaper, but you've got to push through those times to that moment where suddenly the Holy Spirit makes those pages come alive and stories that didn't make sense suddenly are just so relevant and so real and, and so uh, uh, powerful. In, in reaching the very need that you have. You'll find it in God's Word. I don't want to make it sound so mystical, but you know what? It, it, you know, God wants to have that relationship with you through His Word that, that your life can be so transformed by just a single word from God. So don't give up on that. Number four, cling to God's Word. Cling to God's Word. Make God's Word your anchor point about everything i'll say that again make god's word your anchor point about everything so sometimes we want to we want to add um some of our own agenda and ideas but we've got to cling to god's word and make god's word our anchor point use the word to live by i remember having a, a young man who kept um who kept getting caught in the same thing over and over again and in the course of helping him and, and um, I guess, counselling with him, I suggested that he get a word from God. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm like, look, you need a word from God about this, about this situation. Because I think without a word from God, I can see that you're just going to keep getting caught in the same thing over and over again. And so he went away and we were meeting every week. And uh, he, he went off and um, came back the very next week and he said, I've got a word from God. And you know, I was so amazed, this, this person who was probably 17 at, the, at this stage of his life, but he came back and he said, God gave me a word, Micah 7 verse 8. And it says this, Do not gloat over me, my enemies, for though I fall, I will rise again. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. And so although this young guy had got caught in a trap, he had fell victim to many times. This time, he climbed out by clinging to a word from God. He found a word and he said, you know what? The devil keeps condemning me. The devil keeps saying, you'll never get past this. The devil keeps saying, you are a bad person. The devil keeps saying, see, you can't resist this. And so he kept falling into that thing until one day he went digging and God gave him a word. And he said, devil, you can't gloat over me anymore. I'm, though I fall, I'm going to get back up again. And I tell you what, that, that started a transformation in his life. Lifestyle choices made with no consideration of God in the picture cause hardness of culture and seed will fall, any seed that falls on that will die. But lifestyle choices made with respect to the word of God will lead to a growth culture and when seeds fall on a growth culture, they grow and they reproduce and they make something wonderful come out. Number five, patiently produce a huge harvest. <clears throat> I've heard this before, and you maybe you've heard this as well. 
It only takes one night to grow a mushroom, but 20 years to grow an oak tree. It's not uncommon to compare yourself with those who seem to be on the fast track. Where you think that, you know, they started their business and it all just seemed to happen and it all, it all was just so, so good for them. And that person just saw him get saved and then next thing I know he was, he was sharing communion and then preaching and, and, and now look where they are. You know, it's, it's, always, it's always a temptation to live our life comparing what looks like the speed in other people's lives. James 1 verse 4 says, But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So one of the things that God told Moses in the wilderness when he was giving Moses all the law is, is he said this, When you build an altar, use natural uncut stones. Don't shape them. When you see something in Scripture like that, you think, well, that's random. But I'll give you the Scripture verses because you might want to go and do your own research on this. Exodus 20, verse 25. Exodus 27, verses 5 and 6. It's also found in Joshua 8.31. So it's mentioned quite a few times because I think it's, there's some detail in there. This altar that God is telling Moses about is a great metaphor of the church. The stones are people shaped by God, not iron tools. Shaped by God, not shaped by people. One of the bad tendencies we all have is, is we try and shape everybody. We want to shape the world around us. We want to shape our husband. We want to shape our wife. We want to shape our kids. So we see appendages and we see protrusions and we think, oh, that's ugly. We have, to, we have to knock that off. It's like... I know one that people try and knock off me, but it's how I am. I'm not making excuses, but it's just something I try and work on all the time. But it's like, Rob, you always interrupt. That's why I'm a preacher, because I, I love to hear the sound of my own voice. My, story, my stories are always more important than your stories. But God, God puts that in a person because that's, that's part of who I am. I'm not proud of that. I'm not, not saying, hey, I'll, I'll just, that excuse me, everybody. I'll just, I'll just butt in all the time. But there's other things in, in each one of us that if, if we look at, we go, why are they like that? So we think, oh, it's my job. I'll get the grinder out. Get rid of that protrusion. Get rid of that appendage that they don't need. But God said this altar is to be made of natural uncut stones. Don't shape them. See, shortcuts in life lead to broken, scarred stones unfit for the altar. And we might want to try and shortcut for others. Well, I'll deal with this in them. I'll tell them how they need to change. I'll, I'll, I'll shortcut the process of God in their life. See, the process of God shaping is worth the fitting. I'll say that again. You need to get that. The process of God shaping is worth the fitting. You are shaped to fit into the altar that God is preparing you for. Appendages and protrusions must be dealt with, but let God deal with them. You know, sometimes if, if you know, honestly, if your protrusions are, are, are causing a whole lot of problems all around you, 
then that's where you need to have you need to have uh, trusted leaders and, and Christian friends around you who say, hey, you know what? Maybe you need a little bit of help here, but we've got to let God deal with it. We can't, we can't say we, we're going to uh, make this because when we, when we try and cut things off other people, when we try and get the iron tools onto them, we create scars and a, and a break that causes them to be unfit for the altar. Maybe this explains why there's so many, so many people who you think were doing so well in life, so well in their spiritual walk, and suddenly there's been an interruption, there's been an iron tool thrust towards them, there's been an injury, a wound, and then they never fit again. So shortcuts lead to broken, scarred stones unfit for the altar. See, the process of God shaping is worth the fitting. The time it takes to grow is a time it takes to develop your character out of those things. So you just need to give yourself time to grow. You need to give others the time to grow. You need to let others be in the river, like a stone with water flowing over that smooths out those things, that takes away all those, all those sharp edges. The culture of harvest is patience. The culture of harvest is patience. So when you put a seed in the ground, you wait to see it break through. You wait to see it grow. You wait to see it develop. Can we just stand to our feet? Because I want to ask you if you're willing, if you're ready to be a person who adopts a personal culture to grow. And I believe the Holy Spirit wants to awaken in you to deal with whatever it is that, that has caused the hardness that has uh, kept you at a, a place of maintenance, not a place of growing. We need to remind ourselves from Luke 8.15 and continually remind ourselves that the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who, hears, who hear God's word and cling to it and patiently produce a huge harvest. So I'll go through those points again. To be honest, good-hearted, hear God's word, cling to God's word, and then patiently wait for God's word to have its full work in you. So if you're here today and you're thinking, well, something's really spoken to my spirit this morning, I'd love to, to pray with you, especially today. So why don't we just bow our heads together and I'm going to ask if people feel like it's necessary that you say, God, I want to reach out to you. I, I want to go on a process of growing. I want you to, to work on the soil in, in my life to make me a seedbed that things can grow in, that spiritually I can, I can thrive and not just survive. Why don't you just raise your hand? I'd love to pray with people here today. Pray for a breakthrough in your situation. Pray for a breakthrough in your life and in your experience that you may see the Holy Spirit doing things in, in you that you thought you know, just could never happen. So Holy Spirit, Right now, right across this place, you see every hand. You see every, uh, every blockage, perhaps every appendage in our life that causes us to, to stay 
a little bit hardened from you. Lord, I just pray today in the name of Jesus for breakthrough. I pray, Lord God, for the Holy Spirit just to come and pour your water, pour your oil over each of our lives, over our hearts, over our spirits and over our soul that we may be fruitful and that we may produce a huge harvest. So, Lord, I just pray today goodness and blessing and favour of God on every hand that is represented here today. And Lord, I pray that we as a church together may grow a great culture and may grow a great church and may grow a great community and change the world, I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless your church.